0: This is the Build Your Best Family Podcast, Episode 83, Pornography and Your Family with Rosie McKinney. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love and become the family you are meant to be. Did you know that 79% of men attending evangelical churches use pornography? Even though we all know porn is destructive, both to individuals and to families, many of us are not getting the help we need. Porn addicts do not generally reach out for help until something forces them to, and because of shame, bad advice, and a lack of education about porn addiction, wives don't reach out for assistance either, that is, until they're desperate. Today's guest is trying to change that. Rosie McKinney wrote a book called Fight for Love, and she believes it is no longer enough to pick up the wounded, but that we have to go on the offensive. And as you'll hear in our interview, she says her book is a recruitment manual for an army of proactive, faith-filled women standing firm against porn and bringing healing to their marriages and families. I love her message because she's just not here to tell us that porn is harmful, but instead she wants to educate and empower wives so that they can take proactive action that will protect their marriage and save them both years of heartache and pain. Our conversation was fantastic, and at the end, she shares a bunch of incredible resources that you will want to check out. Social distancing doesn't have to be a bad thing. That's right. You can take advantage of this time to invest in your family in meaningful ways with our Family Culture Bundle. For a limited time, we are offering our best resources to you for free. Every day for two weeks, you'll get a new resource delivered to your inbox. You'll also get access to tips, tricks, and videos about each resource in our Facebook group. And also in that group, you'll have access to exclusive content such as conversations that go beyond our weekly podcast and help us apply what we're learning. Go to pages.buildyourbestfamily.com to sign up today. Today, I'm talking with Rosie McKinney. Rosie is an author, speaker, and host of the Fight for Love podcast. Ten years ago, she entered the fight against her husband's compulsive porn use. Through her faithful and uncompromising stance and his repentance, counseling, and group work, their marriage is now porn-free. From the very beginning of her journey, Rosie has been bold and relentless about reaching other wives struggling with porn-invaded marriages. There is now a thriving recovery community on the central coast of California supervised by her husband, Mark, a certified sexual addiction therapist. Rosie is the founder of Fight for Love Ministries, which empowers women with both the facts and the faith to fight against porn addiction and its effects on them, their spouse, and their families. Welcome. I'm so excited, Rose, to have you on the podcast
1: today. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to our conversation.
0: All right. So a question we ask all of our guests, and I'm going to ask you, is what is your family known for?
1: Now, this is a really hard question for a Brit, (laughs) (laughs) Because we really find it difficult to say anything positive. So when I was thinking about it, I'm thinking, well, we're kind of messy. We're kind of noisy. We're kind of scruffy. So I thought, best to ask some friends. So I did ask some friends and um, this is what um, they said. They said, the McKinneys are known for their willingness to speak up and take action where others are either unwilling or unable, which I thought Mm -hmm. was pretty cool. And the (laughs) the other one said something along the same lines. And she said, they can smell... A lie, a mile off. But she didn't use the word "a lie." <laughs> she said something else. But I'm not going to say something that. else
0: that you can smell.
1: <laughs> yeah, something else you can smell. So they were on the same theme, and I was, I was very, right. I was really oh. um, touched by that.
0: Yeah. Well, when I first um, started considering this question, I did put it on Facebook to get a sense of like the people in my world, like what do they mm-hmm. think. And what was interesting is that um, people that I'm not super close with were the people that answered. Like my best friends didn't answer it, but uh-huh. I, like people within our neighborhood and our community who we've interacted with, you know, for, for various reasons throughout the years had something to say. And I just found it really um, encouraging and insightful. And it was interesting because I think sometimes we we don't know what people think of us and we don't know if what we we think we're leaning into is really translating to.
1: Yeah, it's quite a scary question, really. I had no idea what we were going to say.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for sharing the answer. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so I want you're here today to talk about your new book and the porn crisis that we're having. And so I want you to just jump right in and talk to us about that crisis and even touch on like what we're seeing in the church, because as Christians and in the church, we're not immune from this at all. Sure.
1: Um, Well, we're very fortunate that a couple of years ago, Josh McDowell um, Mm -hmm. commissioned the largest study ever undertaken looking into pornography in the American church. And uh, so he got all the data, which is brilliant um, because it really helps take that shame away that Mm -hmm. it's just us that are struggling. So he found out that 79% of Christian men who attend evangelical church are regularly using porn. And he said, "He said of of married men, it's fifty five percent. Wow, which is quite astonishing. And you know, this is not just a male issue. We've got a third of porn users are now female. This Mm. is the the fastest growing user group. Mm. Um, So this is hitting everybody, and especially children. the The biggest user group of porn are twelve to seventeen year olds. Wow. And a a statistic that broke my heart was that one in ten porn users are under ten. They're under ten years old. Which just you know, as a mum of young boys, that just blows my head. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, we've got, um, the American association of matrimonial lawyers, they did a study and 64% of divorces cite mm-hmm. obsessive, um, pornography use as a contributing factor. You know,
0: this mm-hmm. is having
1: significant long-term damaging effects.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, can you share a little bit about your story and why you now have become passionate about letting people know about this, bringing light to it, and then working with people? Sure. Um, This
1: was um, my husband and I, this was our story. Uh, The actual details of the story are slightly different because. Um, prior to um, becoming a Christian, prior to becoming married, I'd already been in a relationship with an unrepentant porn addict, mm-hmm. and I'd seen how this plays out. I'd, you know, wasted years trying to plead, trying to placate, trying to pretend porn away, and realized that, you know, if the guy remains unrepentant, there's, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing, um, it, there's nothing you can do. Also, right. I thought at that stage. Yeah. So anyway then became a Christian. Then met my husband, we got married. And then very quickly, even on the honeymoon, it became apparent that he had the same problem. Mm-hmm. I just had this knee-jerk reaction. I'm just like, no, enough. I'm not doing this again. And yeah. I, and we, we got home and I called the divorce lawyer. I froze the bank account and I went, this is not happening again. I know how this plays out. And I was right. really fortunate in the fact that he was ready. He was done. He'd, he'd spent years trying to fix this on his own. He'd lost a previous marriage to this and he was ready. So we started, you know, how most marriages start at the top and mm-hmm. then they sort of come down. I was kind of the <laughs> opposite trajectory. Yeah. But it's good because it just keeps getting better and better and better, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any wedding photos in my house because it's still, you know, just that time is just, yeah. it's, it's still too, too painful. Um, yeah. But I am glad that we have that trajectory. So Mm -hmm. it got much better. So anyway, we um, after we got into recovery and uh, you know things got much better. We started uh, our own recovery groups because I needed support and he Mm -hmm. needed support. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so it just snowballed from there. And we decided that we felt called to go out and spread the message and tell people that recovery was possible. A porn-free marriage was possible. Mm -hmm. There was so much hope and restoration if you're brave enough to address this. Mm -hmm. And we found that, um, so Mark would go out and speak to guys groups and he got, you know, people were um, receptive, but there wasn't a lot of response. So then we tried talking to parents thinking, well, we'll talk to parents and give them the tools and then maybe they'll come forward realizing the issues in their own marriage. And again, some mild success. And I'm like, why don't I just talk to the women? Why don't I just talk to the women? Because every woman that I've ever spoken to, the catalyst that propels their husband into recovery was them putting Mm. their foot down and getting to that point of saying, enough, I am not doing this anymore. And the thing is, it takes years. It takes years for wives to get to that point. Years of futile attempts to try and control the situation, try and fix it in their own strength. And, And I just felt... I want to educate women to understand that you don't have to wait years. You can take action now. Mm. You can do early intervention. Why wait for crisis management? If, yeah. if compulsive porn use is an issue in your marriage, you are going down this road. You will end up faced with um, a stagnant, um, you know, really destructive marriage. You will end up divorced um, or you'll get into recovery. You will be forced into recovery. And there are such mm-hmm. great ministries out there who are just waiting for you, um, who yeah. are you know, ready to heal you, ready to give you all the support. But I, we need, I feel that we need to educate wives to understand why they have to take this step as early mm-hmm. as they possibly can, because it mm-hmm. is possible. I did early intervention by accident. Right. I, and... You know, you're know, you either going to do it by accident because you've already been through that loop or you're going to educate yourself. That's right. the only way. So that's why, that's why I've written this book, um, purely to speed up that process and save couples years yeah. of misery and thousands of dollars on therapy, on marriage therapy yeah. that isn't going to work because they're not addressing the underlying
0: porn addiction. Right. And so these women that, that you've worked with, do they... Do they know that there's an issue there? Are there obvious signs? Is it something that just completely blindsides them that they never knew this was even a thing? Like, what are you what are you seeing?
1: It completely depends. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Some people are completely blindsided. It blindsided Um, Mm -hmm. others know what it is and they're trying to compete with it, or they're trying Mm -hmm. to just pretend it's not happening, or you know, listening to the world and going, "Well, the world says if I join in, then then you know, then that will be okay." Mm -hmm. Um. but that doesn't work as a Christian mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, the Holy Spirit is within you and he, you're never going to feel right. at peace with, you know, um, condoning evil yeah. in, in your marriage, in your house.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, but even those women who don't know that porn is going on, they know something mm. is going on. And this is what people don't, yeah. aren't aware of yet. Um, you know, it's just like smoking in the 50s. We, we didn't understand that it was affecting your health. We don't understand mm. how pornography is affecting not only our brains, but mm. our
0: relationships, you know, mm. not
1: to mention the world.
0: And so can you tell us really quickly how, number one, it affects our brain and how it affects our relationships? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there are, I think there are now 45 neurological studies that prove porn is damaging to the brain.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there are no studies out there that prove it's actually healthy for relationships or mm-hmm. in any way beneficial good
0: point. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, despite what you might read, it's just, it's just propaganda from the, the porn industry. There are, yep. there are no scientific studies. So research has proven that compulsive porn use is highly addictive. It's progressive it makes you miserable and it gives you brain damage. Mm. So I can talk to any yeah. of those. I think one of the most fascinating for me was the fact that porn, both heavy porn use and head trauma cause a condition called hypofrontality in the prefrontal cortex. Wow. And Basi- basically this translates as the inhibition of many higher functions of this prefrontal cortex And so with hyperfrontality, a person has trouble thinking logically. They're much much less able to weigh consequences and situations and override cravings. So this is why guys don't come forward for help, why it's Mm -hmm. so important that women um, take that proactive, healthy action and Mm -hmm. do the thinking for them and say, This is affecting our marriage. This is affecting your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, porn affects the brain in the same way as cocaine. It is a process addiction, which means that instead of ingesting or smoking um, or injecting the drug, the brain is actually producing the chemicals that are so Mm -hmm. highly addictive and so highly pleasurable. It's also a progressive disease, which Mm -hmm. means that there's no point turning a blind eye because it always escalates to darker and more extreme. Material Mm -hmm. because um, just like any other drug, you become tolerant to it. Yeah, the brain copes with um, this incredible level of highly pleasurable chemicals by basically Mm -hmm. um, numbing the pleasure responses and also applying a break. There's like a break-like chemical that's released, and when you have a buildup of this break-like chemical, it brings down your ability to feel pleasure in anything. It basically makes you more more miserable. So, um, because you're tolerant, you're looking for something more novel, more taboo. Mm -hmm. And this is how guys end up, and women, over their heads looking at really dark, disturbing, often um, illegal material. Not Mm -hmm. because they were seeking it, but because what they were watching no longer gave them that hit anymore. They had to Mm -hmm. go deeper, they had to go darker. And this is why it's so important that women go, you know. I love you too much to just sit back and allow you to sink deeper into your pit. If you're not able to make that call because you're not thinking straight, Mm. I'm going to make, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it for us. And I'd love you to come on board and I'd love us to get into recovery because, um, you know, this is not what God has for our marriage. This is not what he designed it for, but if you're not going to get help, I am. And the woman can take that step, even if the guy is refusing to get help or if he's you know, blaming her—that often happens. I'd love to say that guys turn around and go, "You're right. I have got a problem." Let's. <laughs> you know, it just—it just doesn't happen because their brains addled. This is like a drug addict. You don't often get drug addicts go, "Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, I have right. been unre- i have been yeah. unreasonable. I have been treating you badly. I have been lying." Let's go get it sorted. You know, there is that pushback, and that was the other reason that I—I I wrote the book because. I wanted to just acknowledge how hard it is and how you have to push into your faith. You really do. And understand that, that you're not doing this just for your own benefit. You're drawing your husband, you know, closer to God, mm-hmm. so his, to, his, um, to his desire for your marriage and for his brain. This is, you know, God is very clear about sexual immorality. And as mm-hmm. we're now seeing, there are good reasons why yeah. we need to stay away from this stuff.
0: Yeah. So, so when you find out your husband uses porn, now what? I mean, I love that your messages to women and helping them understand that they have, there's something that they can do that they're not helpless. So what is it that you you tell women?
1: Excellent. Great question. So um, I'd say there are three main steps. The first one we've touched on briefly is Mm -hmm. educate yourself. Education Mm -hmm. is key. This is going to break the shame. That actually, it's not your fault. There are so many misconceptions that I hear, you know, almost weekly from women. You know, it's my fault. He wouldn't do it if he really loved me. I can compete. Porn's harmless. You know, porn isn't. Porn addiction isn't a real thing. Um, A porn-free marriage is unrealistic. All those are lies. Mm -hmm. There. And once you understand what porn is actually doing in your husband's brain, you 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 have this switch where, like, oh this is just like any other disease. He needs help. It's not my fault. I can't cure it, but I can get him to a specialist who can. Mm -hmm. So it really does give you that that switch Mm -hmm. instead of feeling so hopelessly embroiled Mm -hmm. in this secretive struggle to, oh, we've now got a problem that needs fixing and it is fixable. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: um, educate yourself um, it'll motivate you. It'll save you time and money, and it will help you discern good advice from bad advice because, Mm -hmm. because there's so much, you know, misinformation out there. Sometimes the advice that we hear even at church isn't helpful. And the focus, um, so often on marital advice for women is just have more sex. That will fix it. You know, men need respect. Mm -hmm. They need sex. Um, which in the case of a, a man who is compulsively using porn that's not going to help. Mm, this isn't yeah. the this isn't the reason he was looking at it in the first place and it's certainly not going to um cure him. It's like you know one real physical experience can't compete with this this chemical mm-hmm. incredible high that's created from endless novelty. Mm-hmm. There are two completely different situations. So by educating yourself you're going to be able to just say, oh, thank you for your support and thank you for that mm-hmm. advice and then just ignore it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. um, so educate. The second one is you have to take a firm stand. You have to draw that line in the sand and say, can you stop it? Mm-hmm. And then you'll find out what you're dealing with because mm-hmm. there's a difference between guys who um, won't stop and there's, and guys who want to stop and can stop. And that's where there's so much hope. There's so much potential. There's so much, there really is so much hope for um, a completely transformed life, not just a marriage minus the porn, but a completely new Mm. intimate way of relating. And that's really, that's really what I want to get across to wives is that there is, there is a marriage that you didn't even know was possible, available. Mm Potentially. I mean, there's no guarantees and sometimes yeah. and sometimes marriages don't survive. But for those women who do get into recovery um, and get healing from the trauma of living with an addict and also the, the you know, the betrayal trauma, um, they have a, a new lease on life. They have, you know, new hope, new joy, new purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, so taking a firm stand. Um, you, you disengage, disengage with the craziness and just focus on that task in hand, not fixing him, but getting him to someone who can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because once you get into recovery, you can release him. You know, someone else will be his surrogate prefrontal cortex. Someone else yeah. will do the thinking for him. He will have, um, uh, you know, hopefully a counsellor who's holding him, holding his feet to the fire and also a group who, is, who are going to challenge and love him. And you also... Are going to have that group and that support and that fellowship, which you so desperately need, not only to heal from the you know the trauma of what you've been through, but also who are going to help you gently and lovingly look at your own stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. So I I think you're, you're already answering my next question. Um, but what does recovery look like? Like what what are the, what, what's been effective and what's working? So the best way
1: to think about recovery is. To understand, first and foremost, that porn was never the problem. Porn was actually the solution to a much deeper problem, mm. which was an intimacy disorder in your in your husband, in yourself, mm. in your marriage. Mm-hmm. So it's like mold in a house. Everybody is manifesting sy- symptoms of being ill, and you can go to the doctor for those symptoms. But if you don't address the mold in your house, you're just going to keep getting sick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so once you understand that, then you can understand that recovery is um, how addicts um, learn to meet their God-given craving for connection in a healthy way mm-hmm. through being intimate with real people instead of porn. And it's fellowship and rigorous honesty that is the foundation of recovery.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, like, I, that's good. Yeah, so
1: you asked for the practicalities. Mm-hmm. So um, it's probably going to look like individual therapy and group work. Um, and then moving on to couples work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, but, but in those early stages, couples work, you, you're not working on communication where well, you are working on communication, but it's not the main focus. Right. What, what you're working on in those early days is getting to the truth,
0: pulling, yeah.
1: pulling you both out of the shadows. The guy has to get a hundred percent honest with what he's been, what he's done. He has to get a hundred percent honest with his thoughts, with his guys, not with his mm-hmm. wife. His wife doesn't have to be his accountability partner and yeah. shouldn't be really. She's already dealing with enough. And also the wife has to be um, honest about the effect that it's had on her. She has to start expressing her reality to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And really, um, it's a, it's, this is the time when you both start actually really loving each other because you discover who you're married to, both of them, mm, you know, yeah. both husbands and wife. And it's really scary and it's really vulnerable and it's absolutely incredible. Once you have walked this process, you have, um, you have marriages that are so built on such a firm foundation of trust. Um, that People are actually grateful. I'm grateful for this experience. The other wives um, in our community, they're grateful for this experience. They call it a really, they call it a gift, but a really strange gift. Mm. Not not a gift you'd possibly ask for, but it is a gift nonetheless, because without this experience, without the porn addiction forcing you to deal with all your junk, you you would not have got to the place that you now are. Right. So it is hard. It is brutal, but it is possible, and it is worth it. It is yeah. so worth it. But it all starts with the wife taking that firm stand as early as possible, as early as you can, as early as you're brave enough, bold enough, educated enough, um, supported enough.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the family because I mean I, I can imagine there's people out there saying, "Well, this is like." my thing, my personal thing, it's between me and my wife, it's a grown-up thing, but it, it, porn negatively impacts families. And so can you talk to us about some of those things that you've seen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, mm-hmm. I, I describe porn as the quiet killer of families mm-hmm. because it slowly and progressively destroys trust and intimacy between mothers and fathers.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: studies have proven that the longer porn is present in a marriage, the unhappier both spouses become. Mm. And going by current divorce rates, obsessive porn use contributes to half a million divorces a year. And then there's the the effect on the children, because even if kids are not exposed to the risks associated with accidentally stumbling across porn Mm -hmm. as a direct result of the parent's habit, they're still Mm. indirectly impacted by the marital conflict it causes. You, You have to think of it as the same as any other addiction. If you've got an active alcoholic in your house, it's, those effects are going to be rippling mm-hmm. all throughout your, ha- your household. You've got the yeah. addict, addict hiding his secret and pl- protecting his supply. He's either going to go become distant, withdrawn and disconnected, or possibly angry and resentful and disconnected. Mm-hmm. Either way, the wife gets the distinct impression that somehow she's to blame. And this mm-hmm. se- normally sends the wife into fixing mode trying to do everything she can to fix the problem. She tries to be the perfect wife in and outside the bedroom, but it never works. Mm-hmm. She's just exhausted, stressed, depressed, hypervigilant, yeah. resentful, hopeless.
0: Um, yeah, that yeah. Tr- absolutely trickles down to to the children. I mean, we think that we can hide things from our children, but they are so smart. They're so observant. And, I, and it, that kind of addiction and influence can't help but change the culture of our home. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: You're, you're spot on. And when kids are not told the cause of the conflict, research has proven that they're less able to cope with emotional stresses and mm-hmm. cognitively function well.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: even though you think you're hiding this and you're doing a good job and you're, you're doing everything you can to make the situation um, work, it mm-hmm. is having it is having an effect. And it's not a case of, you know, wives need to do something. Wives are already doing something. We are working so hard to fix this Mm -hmm. and create these happy homes for our, our, you know, functioning healthy homes for our children. But with this issue, if it goes untreated or um, unacknowledged, it's going to be impacted. You know, they've done studies now where children of um, porn addicts even when it even when they don't know what's going on, they're more likely to become addicts themselves mm-hmm. just because it's in the air. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well what are you seeing in terms of um transparency and vulnerability with grown-ups and their children when it comes to this? Are they is is part of the recovery process sharing with their children what they've experienced, or is that something that we're still yeah, no, to the forefront.
1: this is a really <laughs> exciting aspect of it because um, we have found that the couples, when they share with their children, um, quite often the children already knew it was mm. going on, but it liberates the children to come forward with their own struggles. Mm. And we've had yeah. many, many situations of whole generations of families coming into recovery. It's not, it's wow. not unusual you know, once one part of the family starts getting healthy, not only, you know, parents and, and children, but also siblings or grandparents mm. you get a whole family system. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine how fantastic that Thanksgiving wow. is going to be where everybody yeah. is getting healthy and, and dealing with their stuff? Um, and the, uh, the children that have been told about their parents' struggles um, and, you know, have walked it through with them, these children are now little fighters. They're little warriors. You know, they come out and they give their testimonies, and they're wearing the t-shirts. Yeah. Um, they and, and they're shining as lights to the whole of their, um, you know, their peer group. It is quite mm-hmm. a- astonishing, and I, I totally get it. I mean. It's terrifying to be that vulnerable and that transparent with your children, but they know that stuff going, is going on. They know that you're walking through stuff. They know that daddy's working on stuff. They know mom is working on stuff. But to be told, you know, age appropriately, yeah, what it's about is, abs- I mean, what a gift to your children yeah. to show them that this is how we do it. And we have a mighty savior mm-hmm. who... Who can liberate us and transform us? And and, you know, there's no condemnation for us. Let's walk in the light as we were designed to do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so we've had really positive feedback from from, you know families who've actually brought their children into this process. And I just think of one particular mum whose you know, 12 year old boy came forward and, and admitted his struggle. And although it was heartbreaking, And she just tells this story of like, just holding this sobbing, gangly, you Mm -hmm. know, long legged boy in her arms. But then she was just overwhelmed by a feeling of, I wish someone had done this for my husband. Mm -hmm. I wish he didn't have to struggle. I wish that he'd been able to come forward at 12 and say, do you know, I've seen this stuff and I, you know, I kind of liked it and I kind of disgusted by it and I don't really know what to do with it. But, you know, I keep being shown it at school. Can you help me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it is tremendously hopeful and it's you know the answer is really simple walk in the light mm-hmm. it's really really simple you know we it's not easy yeah <laughs> but um it's really very very simple and you yeah. know it's perfectly in line with the bible which is just beautiful
0: yeah so how do we protect our children from this because this i have a 13 year old boy he just turned 13 year old 13 years old and you know, it's scary and I don't know that I have all the answers or the right things to say and like, you know, how do you talk to them about it? What do you do practically? Like it's a little overwhelming because we want to nip that in the bud. We want to have a healthy family and we want not just to be healthy parents, but to have healthy kids. So what what are some things we can do? Well, fortunately,
1: um, people have already done it for us which is the good news Amazing. so yeah i know i love i love this bit because um yeah whatever your age of your children um there are already resources out there we don't have to reinvent the wheel and there's also resources out there that will hold your hand through the conversation okay so both parts of it so um you know installing an external filter so basically cutting off their access. There are um resources to uh to comparing and contrasting all the technological solutions for filtering, blocking mm-hmm. and accountability. Because mm-hmm. you're right, it is utterly overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, if you check out um protectyoungeyes.com forward slash parental control, it's a brilliant free resource that provides a comprehensive plan of attack tailored to the devices that your child uses, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. So recommendations are kept up to date and the step-by-step instructions are straightforward. And if there's anything that you're not sure about, they give you a link so you can go off and research that. Mm -hmm. So that's in terms of, um, external filtering. You just need to, you know, educate yourself and then put them in place. Yeah. That's that's the most easy one. We like that one, but there's also creating an internal filter and you really do have to get a head start on this because the average age of exposure to porn is now, you know, studies vary, but they say anywhere between 8 and 11,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is terrifying for me because I've got a yeah. 7 and 9-year-old. Seven and, um, and it's it's not, you know, the porn industry is actually targeting our children as well. You know, it's not just a case of them accidentally stumbling upon it. They're even doing things like if they misspell a cartoon character in you know Google, they will get sent to a porn site. Yeah. So if your kid has access to the internet, you have to create this internal filter because mm-hmm. unfortunately it's not a case of if they're going to get exposed, they are mm-hmm. going to be exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, for your little ones, there are great pitch books um, by um, Kristen A. Jensen and... Uh, I'm just trying to look at the company that does this. I think it's uh, Protect Young Minds. Um, and the pitch book is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Mm-hmm. And there's a junior version for three to seven year olds, and then there's an older version for seven to 11 year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, and using uh, easy to understand science and simple analogies, it teaches kids how to porn proof their own brains. It explains what pornography is, what it mm-hmm. does, and also what they can do if they see it. It provides really clear instructions. And we've done it, we did it with our kids when they were like five and seven, mm-hmm. which seems a little bit bizarre, you know, yeah. in, in between Spider Man yeah. and, you know, a trip to the fire station. But we just sat down on the couch, we read the book. And they were like, oh, okay, uh, all right. And then went back to playing, you know, but they're they're aware that there are bad pictures out there and that they, you know, they to to stop, to turn and then come and tell us. Yeah. And they just accepted it like anything else. Like, you know.
0: Good. Yeah. I think the younger that you start talking to them about it, the less, the more normal it seems that you would be talking about this and that you'd be aware of it and that it's not something that we don't talk about or avoid.
1: Yeah. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I use the analogy with my kids, like um, I wouldn't let them swim in the ocean on their Mm -hmm. own. So if mm-hmm. you're going to be, you know, looking at something, I'm going to be sitting next to you, you know? Yeah. I'm going to be watching you. Yeah. And so they get that I just, you know, there, there are sharks out there. You just need to be aware. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is the porn proofing doesn't happen in a single conversation. Mm. This is just drip by drip making it normal, making it natural. Um, um in terms of your older kids, mm-hmm. um, I don't know whether you've heard of Fight the New Drug. Mm-hmm. They are oh they oh you're going to love me for this one. Oh, FighttheNewDrug.org. They are a game changing um, they're non-religious, non-legislative, non-profit organisation that educates youth about the harmful effects of porn. But the best thing is they're really hip and they're really cool, mm-hmm. and they have wonderful um, resources, videos, testimonies, scientific explanations. Mm-hmm. And if you go onto their website, they even have they call it a conversational blueprint, blueprint for parents, mm-hmm. and that holds your hand and takes you step by step, and also gives you um, advice about how to react because it's such an emotional issue, especially if this is something that's, you know, a bit close to home. Mm -hmm. You know, if your kids come to you and say, I've seen this, you know, our our knee jerk reaction is to be, you know, horrified or, (gasps) but it really is important that we stay calm and, Mm -hmm. you know, take a deep breath, deal with our own stuff. And are just there to listen and keep those channels of communication open. Mm -hmm. And there's a great um, documentary that's free to stream um, there's three parts and they're quite short. I think it's called brain, heart and world. And they're a great way to open up this conversation with your team or even mm. get sh- We had it shown at our church, you know, get it shown at the school, get it shown at the church. I mean, this organization will even come into your um, church or your school and give presentations and they get them all to be fighters and sign the pledge and, you know, turn them into little activists. It's just mm-hmm. wonderful what they're doing. Yeah. So all those resources um we've got all listed on our resource page on our website. So Mm that they're all there. Um so yeah, it is hard, it is scary, it's challenging, but it's not impossible and people are now out there making it as easy as possible for us.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us today. I definitely feel like like what you've shared with us would give women hope. Yeah. Um, because I do think that um you know it's not something we're talking about. It's something that culture there's still culture is still trying to tell us it's not a big deal. It's okay. It's, you know, everybody does it. What's the big deal? Um, and so, I love your message because I think it eliminates the shame that women often feel when they're not happy with it, and they've been made to think, well, you know, that's your problem. <laughs> um, I just think it's wonderful. And I'm so excited for people to get your book um, called Fight for Love and to get more information about how they can walk through this. Thank you. And um, may I just mention that we've just launched a
1: podcast mm-hmm. also called Fight for Love and it's with a panel of wives. So okay. there's myself and four other wives. Yes, there's five of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bit like The View in okay. the bu- but we only talk about porn, so it's, <laughs> it's sort of lively and it's upbeat. But here are you know five women talking honestly about everything they had to learn the hard way, mm-hmm. but giving incredible testimonies of hope and yeah. freedom and transformation. So I mean, they are the women are amazing. They are so raw and vulnerable about how difficult this was. Yeah, um, but they're also so hopeful. And you know, just inspiring with where their marriages are now. Um, and and you know, just to re emphasize, it's not just about getting rid of porn, it's about right. creating something completely new. And know, it's, yeah. and it's amazing. It is, yeah. it is worth it, really is
0: worth fighting for. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to listening to that. Thank you. You can find Rosie on the Fight for Love podcast featured at www.fightforloveministries.org. She's on Instagram as Fight for Love Ministries and on Facebook as Fight for Love Ministries as well. Plus, you can also find her on Twitter as Rosie McKinney. I'll link to all of this, including her book, Fight for Love, in the show notes. Build Your Best Family has a great website, but do you know an even better one? My wife's. She's been at this blogging thing for a while now, and she's got a lot of smart things to say about faith, family, and community. Aw, thanks, babe. When you're all done listening to this episode, head over to KimberlyAmici.com and see what I'm talking about. And don't forget, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. Hey, that's my line. To learn more about Build Your Best Family, go to BuildYourBestFamily.com.